Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. <laughs> Fucking outrageous. Like, how dare you? Are you okay? That is a question, Scott Morrison. Are you okay? Sponsored by Grammarly. <laughs> that's a question! <laughs> But it's like, that's the whole fucking point. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Welcome. With Kristen and Hannah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm Kristen. I am Hannah. <laughs> but um, I don't think that's sort of helpful. Obviously, we post one million videos a week that people find probably extremely annoying. But I remember, like, a lot of podcasts I listen to, I have no idea who's who. Yeah. And I, I often, even if I see their pictures, I think it's the other way around. Yeah, same. Yeah. I don't know. I think I have a deeper voice than you i don't know i thought i had a deeper voice than you interesting oh let's compete uh vote on our poll who has the <laughs> deepest voice because <laughs> everyone knows that means more power um okay so today we're going to be talking about politics from this week from this week an awful week a tragic week yes but aren't they all aren't they all great for us i actually content benefit i actually thought that this week was less um dramatic and horrible than other weeks. I think that this week was hard because it was Australian focused. So it was like really just continuous fuck ups and sadness and just like massive fails and like basically me losing entire hope in the system and the people that lead it. Wow, that sounded way more depressing. <laughs> I haven't felt like distress this week, but I've just continuously felt like, here we go again. Yeah. And it's all been here. It's just been day after day. It's been pretty continuous and it's been pretty shit. Yes, agree. I think it's, and I also think that people are just kind of like losing attachment and engagement to politics the worse it gets. So I feel like this week I was just like, people are so angry, but they're also so hopeless at the moment. Like yeah. we're in what week of lockdown in multiple states? Like it's just hard to continue engaging. And, and I think the thing is when these sorts of things happen and it's just like, it's such a long haul shit fight. We're like, well, we, we know we're not voting liberal. So like, what can, more can we do right now? to get this government out like what what does this additional shit add to us as voters like we know we're not going there we never were so like what can we do to turn everyone else yeah i guess it gets this point of like well if they're not voting labor now if they're not voting greens now if they're not voting independent now what more could the liberals do to fuck this up yeah and i said this to you um earlier because this week the emails have come out kind of showing that the liberal government did even less to try and secure Pfizer vaccines than we thought. And honestly, like, I couldn't even find it in me to care. I couldn't either. I think it's because, I mean, I, I think part of that is because the vax rates are up. Yeah. So I think, and also because we knew this, like there was rumors swirling around this a couple of months ago. And so I just presumed it was true because why wouldn't it be true? Like this government has fucked up so many things. I don't trust Hunt. I don't trust Morrison. Like... Brad Hazard. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just, it just seems, oh yeah, that matches. Yeah. That all makes sense. All the puzzle pieces fit together there. Mm -hmm. So when the news was confirmed by Labor putting in that um, freedom of information request, I was just like, yeah, well, rumors confirmed. Already. Like yeah. at the moment, any gossip I'm just believing because like, why wouldn't it be true at this stage? Like yeah. there's not much that I would find. Oh my God. There's not much that would, you know, be draw dropping for me right now. No. And I think the worst thing about that is because we're pretty engaged in the news. Like there's not really... Like, I never don't care. Mm. And with this, I was just like, well, if I don't care, who does? Like, <laughs> that's the and thing. It's again, like what you said, it's we, we need the liberal voters to be outraged by this. Yeah. And if people who already thought you, all of those men were useless, 
it's not really changing anything for us. It's just like, well, you know, like you said, obviously, of course, we already knew that, but I don't know if it's enough. And it didn't kind of make the splash that I thought it should have. But it did make the splash with us. Exactly. And it just means that it's not going to cut through, which obviously we know that's because um, the Murdoch press has like a stronghold on Australia and Queensland. Mm. So why even be surprised about these things anymore? Yeah. I mean, again, it's disappointing and it's one of those things. I, I also think it's hard for people to sort of um, – harder for people to work themselves up about things that have happened in the past and have sort of semi been fixed. Yeah. Like, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, oh, the vaccine rollout's been corrected. Like, we're still behind and we're still struggling. But – at the moment, like most people who want to get vaxxed have an appointment yeah. or have had the vax, right? Yes. Most people that are really pro-vax, including us, right? Yeah. I booked in this week. I was finally made eligible, got my Queensland Health email. Oh, you did? I did, but I got that after I booked separately. Okay. So then I was like, how do I get it faster? But none, yeah. of, them, none of them matched. So like I couldn't get it faster. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I've got it booked in my first vax. You've had your first vax. Yeah. Again, most people around the country who are like, I want it, jab it in me, right? Yeah. Have had it or are getting it. Yeah. So I think now it's like, your fuck-ups, this happened, I'm not surprised, but, like, I'm in the process. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm on the horse. It's yeah. happening. Yeah. So it's, like, hard. Like I found, I found it hard to just, you know, reach that same level of outrage, especially when there's so many other things going on that, it, like, I could rile myself up about. Exactly. If only that information come out, like, a few months ago. And it sort of did, but no, no one was really reporting on it. So essentially what happened was Norman Swan um, had gone on, uh, I think it was a radio episode like a podcast episode and said that he had heard from multiple sources in the health community like high up who'd sort of said that um they heard that the government had like you know rejected a deal with pfizer in july of last year yeah but no one was willing to report on it because it couldn't be corroborated mm -hmm. at the time mm -hmm. by like official sources going on the record so we knew it was swirling and i was like yeah probably yeah and then we didn't really no one really said anything because they couldn't confirm it obviously defamation mm -hmm. but now it's come out with this freedom of information thing so yeah. that's how it happened um but again it was like in my mind it happened already and in past in the news yeah and it's kind of weird how people like it's weird watching what people pick up and what people don't like in yeah. terms of the public um because you know the way that all of our media's report is not really is pr pretty predictable but in terms of how the public pick things up it is interesting because the public will often grab onto something that is not there's just a rumor mm. and will like be obsessed with it like celebrity gossip for example like oh you're keen to go get on with that rumor yeah but a rumor about like that's something important about a public health emergency yeah it's just like, ah, oh, well, you know, we who, never know. Yeah, who gives a fuck about Ben Affleck and J-Lo? Exactly. <laughs> I literally didn't know anything was going on with them. They're back. Wow. I don't My care. face automatically was like, how do you not know? <laughs> oh my God, this is, this is so huge. <laughs> like I play into my, I'm a hypocrite, massive. Right? I don't, I just don't care about either of them really. Yeah. A few things happened this week. Like I think one of the things we want to definitely talk about is Gladys Berejiklian, the New South Wales premiere. Uh, and now, so it's yesterday for us. So obviously it'll be a few days after it happened. By the time you hear this, she will not be presenting at press conferences daily at 11 a.m. in yeah. New South Wales. She will not be presenting the numbers. Which is fucking outrageous. Yes. So outrageous. So basically she made a statement that said she's not going to be doing it and that health staff will be she said doing a video online so it i don't know it's like, if a it's, it's like a live teleconference almost yeah so like obviously that's how most people are um like ingesting it anyway but is it more to avoid journalist questions in the flesh for those health professionals i believe so because but also they're not going to be as interested in asking them questions they're not the premier 
Yeah. Because she said it said staff. And then she said the relevant minister will be around, like, if it's an, if it's appropriate. Like, I know, if you ask me it's fucking appropriate for the Premier to be there, what are you doing? Yes. What else are you doing? And she made it into this thing that, like, she has is going to be doing working on other more important things. Sorry, there is nothing more important. Mm. And she said something about how, oh, like, this is really tough and no one can do this job. That's fucking Dan true. Andrews did it. And, like... Victoria was in lockdown for, what, 100 and something days in a row? They actually reached 200 a few weeks ago. Outrageous. Like, in total days in lockdown, yeah. And so he has done 200 press conferences. They actually decided that since May, I think he's done 100 daily press conferences since the end of May this year. Yeah. That's very impressive. And, like, and um, our Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, is still doing, like, almost daily press conferences, even when there's no COVID to report on. Have you noticed that, that she's transitioned to doing, like, she announced the um, grand final being in Brisbane via a live press conference? Yes. On her Facebook. Honestly, Anastasia Palaszczuk is, like, a media um, mogul in herself, I think. Like the way that she presents. I think it's her team. Oh, uh, yes. yes. Sorry, sorry. I don't think Anastasia <laughs> single handedly, like, how will I make this on Canva? <laughs> do you think they use Canva or No. They use something professional. I think whoever is running her account is fucking impressive. Agree. I want to meet them. If you're out there, let us know. Please, I would like to interview you on Cheek Media's podcast, The Weekly Cheek, because. Honestly, like I, I sent you a TikTok that I thought that I, I obviously don't understand. I'm not very, I'm not a communications professional. I struggle with that sort of thing, but it explained it so well. And it was basically saying, you know, if you notice Anastasia Palaszczuk's press conferences, she'll come on and say like, good morning, everyone. And good morning to all our Facebook live viewers. Mm-hmm. And it's because she is transitioning the public to look at the press conferences and look at her announcements through her social media accounts, which eliminates the need for people to go through the Murdoch media. Yes. So it's absolutely like bite-sized content that's really digestible and accessible for people and it doesn't have the spin yeah so she's posting or case it, numbers it has it has her, her spin, spin. so yeah. sorry <laughs> we are an impartial media company but, but even even like you know because obviously there'll be lots tons of people would say oh that's just propaganda but it's even going past the point of propaganda and it's just like updates now. yeah it is and but she'll post like i mean obviously she wants us to look at her look at her announcements through her lens, which is like a lot of people disagree with like Brisbane getting the 2032 Olympics. A lot of people disagree with the way that she might go about lockdowns, blah, blah, blah. I disagree with the NRL being in existence, especially in Brisbane. Get them queen. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's like, she's announcing what she's doing for the state through her lens, through her social media accounts, which again, eliminates the need for, you know, a career mail headline to, um, pervade what people think about that yes. that announcement yeah um which is very clever and i think it'll get her re-elected she has one of the best politicians instagram accounts i've ever seen mm. cough cough elbow take notes <laughs> take notes well funny funny you say that because i was just starting to think like how long is it going to be until all of the queensland mps do that well i'm surprised people aren't taking her lead like me too following her lead sorry me too. taking her lead take it from her i really would love to know who came up with the strategy because it's so good. It's very good. That's exactly why I want to meet this person. We did reach out to her for an interview and we got a mean email back. Well, she, not mean. It was just like too many full stops for my liking. <laughs> there was no smiley face. You hear this? Um, yeah, she was too busy apparently. I don't Allegedly. know who's too busy to come on here. And- I know. Sit in here in my lovely home. We are on this literally couch. plugging her so hard right now. <laughs> she should be coming on here to thank us. 
Thank you for the hard work you do. If you're listening on Facebook Live. Uh, see, this proves how, how impartial we are. We're so impartial. All we do is plug. Yeah. And talk shit about the Liberal Party. Talk shit about Albo's peas and corn. <laughs> um, but it's just, like, again, like, such a stark difference to, like, the Labor premiers. And I've said this so many times. It's not – I'm not saying this to be, like, I'm diehard Labor – it's, it's just like illustrating the difference between the way that a conservative and a liberal government govern is that the Labor states are out there. The premiers are out there. You know, you don't see Dan Andrews being like, actually, I'm tired of doing daily press conferences. Someone else is going to do it. I'm sure he is tired. And they're all fucking tired. And like Palaszczuk, like still going out there, even though there's like nothing re- like we've got two cases currently, but until now we've had a whole like stretch of zero days and she's still doing a press conference. Yeah. Um, And she's only been missing from a handful of them. Yeah. And obviously I'm assuming it's because she's doing something like other things. She was in hotel quarantine. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. But but, even like sometimes, you know, there's an occasional, I've seen the occasional time where she's not there. hmm. Um, Anyway, it's not relevant. But the point is the difference. And then fucking Gladys Berejiklian is just like, no, thanks. I don't really want to front the media anymore. It, they're too mean. One of the things that I was talking to some friends about was, you know, they were saying, like, when you think about it, and I'd never thought of it through this lens before, but the although, you know, they're copying a lot of heat for their decisions that they're making and the press conferences and the way they respond to things, literally the current premiers in power are dominating their media. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I can't think of, I actually wouldn't be able to pick in a lineup most of the opposition leaders in, the, in any state. No, except for Queensland, because we live here. I, I actually saw a photo of the opposition leader the other day, and I was like, who? <laughs> Where's <laughs> my Annie Pally? <laughs> Christopher or something. Yeah, see what I mean, though? Like, it's yeah. not, like, front of mind. Because no. every day they get up and they have those press conferences and it's dominated on them, good or bad. The, like, and again, it's like, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Like, that idea. Like, obviously, I don't necessarily agree with it. But when you think about it, they're the only thing that's dominating the TV. The press conferences daily must get the highest views in like all of Australian TV ratings, right? Yeah, they Fuck must. the Today Show. Fuck yeah. The Voice. We're watching 11 a.m. Yeah. press <laughs> Daytime TV has never and been so nine, hot. And 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Vic. Yep. 10 a.m. Queensland. 11 a.m. New South yeah, Wales. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Ready, Steady, Cook's fucked. Yeah. Because <laughs> the presses, what a lineup, right? Yep. Anyway, so what I'm thinking is like – uh, again, obviously, it's like, is she disassociating with, like, if I step down and stop doing them as we go into the worst period of the outbreak? Like, she's, like, saying, we're going to open up and things are going to get fucked. So I'm going to stop doing this, right? Yeah, yep. So it's her disassociating, like, her image from that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's trying to step back before the worst period hits so it's not her face that's associated with those numbers in yeah. some sort of weird world where we're not going to, like, link the two. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she was – it's been in – like, it's been a process for quite a while because there have been – like, the last couple of weeks have seen – just kind of random people being thrown into the press conferences. Mm. And it's kind of like, why is this person here? Like, it's a bit confusing. I don't really know what's going on. And Gladys has been in them less. Like I watched one and she was literally there for like a few minutes and then like went away. And then other people came in and I was like, who are these? 
Where's Gladys? I was reading this Catherine Murphy article this morning. If you happen to be interested, it's called Trying to Do Our Best is Just Not Good Enough from Our Leaders. And it's Catherine Murphy, who's um, like the political editor. Queen. I think she's the political queen of The Guardian. Yes. <laughs> she's pro- I read her column every single week. I think it's fucking brilliant. I always get confused with her and Louise Milligan because they um, kind of look the same in Louise the Louise Milligan, ABC. Another queen. Christian Porter tried to get her. She got him back. Yeah, he got gone. Catherine Murphy's at Murphy on Twitter. And she's oh, often on ins. I fucking love her. I yeah. think she's a legend. <laughs> but one of the things she said about Gladys, I thought, huh, very interesting. And this is in relation to Gladys stepping down from the presses. She says, in more than two decades on the job, I haven't seen a politician more disinclined to answer basic questions than Berejiklian. It takes a particular kind of arrogance to be as impervious to scrutiny as the New South Wales Premier is. Wow. Bang, bang. So spicy. Yeah, she said, I assume Berejiklian's oversized confidence stemmed from the tactical supposition that Labour, courtesy of its shabby indulgences, is not much of an opposition and from the knowledge that voters loathe carping journalists as much as politicians. This kind of cynicism is enraging. That's ouchy. Yeah. Get her. So many people have said things about Gladys's arrogance. Mm. And I totally agree. She, hers and Scott's is a particular combo. Yeah, yeah. And because, like, I mean, it's kind of like a really badly kept secret that Gladys does not like Scott Morrison, which, like, you know, it's nice to agree with her on one thing. But if that's all it is. Exactly. And also, ouch. I just don't, I don't fucking care. Like, that doesn't make me like her anymore, honestly. No, it doesn't. Like, when people, someone said that, they're like, oh, but they hate each other. I'm like, so I mean, they've bond- got each other's backs. Bonding over recognizing the prime minister for who he is is not impressive to me. Exactly, and the difference is because Gladys is a liberal, she won't come out and say no Fuck Scott Morrison, which the Labor premiers will. Yes, and I think that like obviously there was a few articles circulating in the last few weeks about you know Gladys saying that Scott Morrison's like evil. He she referred to him as evil or something, and I'm just like, yes, but she's evil too in a different way. Exactly. The E word is a difficult one. (laughs) I mean, I think it's hard because part of me is like, I get it. Like the press conferences must be exhausting. They must be tiring. I I can't even imagine what it's like to front up to the media every day like that. Don't care. It's your job. It is. I I understand we're coming from different (laughs) angles about this. But the other thing I think is like, I don't see what's more important than this. Exactly. It all it is, like, I don't buy for a second it's for any other reason than what you said, like, her wanting to get away from them. Mm. Like, that's bullshit. I actually listened to another episode where we where you said, like, oh, yeah, no, I get it's hard. And I was just like, no, it's not. I mean, I'm not saying, no, it's not hard, but it's like, that's your fucking job. You were elected for that. Yeah. And that's what you wanted to do. Politicians choose to be politicians. Yeah. Like, you know, you get so, like, I don't want to make assumptions, but just generally um, people in those kinds of positions have an inflated ego and it's probably almost impossible not to have one. And so you, you think you're, you know, you're getting the benefits of like this weird fame and power, then you have to do the hard thing. Sorry, not sorry. I think it's hard because like as someone who's not in politics and who would aspire to be or be interested in being in politics one day, like the thing I see it as is like you're being trusted with such power and such decision-making. And I, I don't see that as like an ego boost. I see it as like a huge fucking responsibility. And I just am so disappointed in the fact that these leaders think that like, like honestly, like I completely agree with Catherine Murphy, like trying to do our best. Like that's stop trying to get people to pity you. Exactly. You, you, you went into this running and, and campaigning at this ideal that you can be respected and entrusted with this responsibility. And the fact that you're like, 
oh, I'm sorry, I'm trying my best. Like, I don't think it's that fucking hard. No. And it's one thing for others, like commentators, media, the public, to say, oh, I think I think they're trying their best. But you don't fucking go out and say it. Like, what about all the people in her, like, everyone in her state is in a worse position than her. Uh, probably not everyone. Most people in her state are in a worse position than her. Why the fuck would you want to see the leader of your state get up and be like, oh, it's it's really tough for me? Like, it's fucking tough for them because of what she did. Yeah. Unfortunately, she had the power to make that change. And she didn't. She didn't. Because of fucking when politics. All the evidence pointed to what she should do. And she gets exactly. up and says, what more do you want? We have one of the toughest lockdowns. No, you fucking don't. I know. Exactly. And that is the most outrageous thing. It's like, she fully backflipped and... Is like had spent all of this time talking shit about Victoria, complaining that she her people weren't allowed to Queensland because me and Anastasia won't let them in, and all of this BS, and is talking about how you know New, uh, New South Wales is the gold standard, like fucking Josh Frydenberg's favorite line, and now you turn around, and it's just like oh where yeah oh what happened to us? Another thing I don't want to tra- I, I want to transition off the topic if that's okay. Another thing that I was thinking like a lot about this morning was um, Scott Morrison going to Sydney for Father's Day weekend. Ugh. And I think that, like, for me, it's not... I mean, it's obviously about the fact that he got lockdown exemption. It's it's about what has been done. And it's about the fact that he doesn't have the foresight to see how that's going to look when it comes out. Yeah. But for me, the biggest issue is the way that he's tried to, one, conceal it, and then, two, respond to it. Like, again, it's like a fucking pity party for these people. And I don't know why they think they're <laughs> going to fucking get any. He should have learned from Hawaii. That's exactly what he did in Hawaii. But it's it's just like like I don't understand and and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I was the leader of the country who was compl- and in living in a state and my family living in another state which are both in lockdown under restrictions, and I have the power to go there, why I wouldn't have the fucking logic and reason to think when people find out about this they're not going to be happy. Like how much do I need this? And I don't understand how you don't have the basic skills to empathize with the fact that no one else has that ability either yeah like i haven't seen my family millions of australians have been limited from seeing their family for multiple years now i work with i have a colleague whose sister lives in melbourne and her sister had a baby in the last in the last big melbourne lockdown last year they were able to see the baby at Christmas. That's the one time. And now her sister is pregnant again and giving birth soon. So she's going to have two nieces or nieces, nephews, um, who she doesn't know. Nef children. Nef children. (laughs) (laughs) Who she doesn't, like she's met one of them one time. And like now there's another one coming along and she's like, I haven't even, I haven't been a part of any of that. Like, and everyone knows someone like that or it's happening to them. And like, and fucking scummo's like, oh, well, I'm my girls. I need to see them. Husband to Jenny, father to Abby and Lily. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking outrageous. Like, how dare you? Because that's really when he lost me. Because like, to be honest, and I, I feel, I regret this now, but when the fires were first happening and he was in Hawaii and like, wasn't coming back, I was kind of like. Oh, it's a tough one. Like it is a tough one. That's what I kind of thought. I didn't. I didn't feel I, bad I for him. Saying, I remember feeling. I remember feeling like you're a dickhead, but I kind of get it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's kind of like I just felt like the commentary, specifically, it was like the type of commentary. I was kind of like, because they're like, oh, you know, you don't get a holiday, and because all of these other people don't get a holiday, and I was like, 
oh, it's tough. It's tough. But when he was like doubled down and was like, I deserve this holiday because I work I don't really hold hard. Exactly. I'm like, absolutely fuck you. Because mm. you have no idea. It's not like it's not like he's been caught out doing something that has been spun into something negative. He has done something which he could have rectified by rushing home, which he did not. He rushed home when he came home early when he realized what was what was being said. Exactly. Yeah. And you didn't fucking learn from that. His I'd switch so much so hard that there was an election after that. Because no one has ever fucking hated him more than those those I, days. I agree. And I think it's something unique to Australia. It's like the idea and the imagery of our landscape burning mm-hmm. and of first responders. And you don't of, even have to – it's not even the idea. It was like on that's everywhere. What I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. When you think of a vaccine rollout, when you think of him going home for father, there's not really that, that symbolic imagery. But there's something that resonates with Australia when you see the landscape burning. Yeah. Like there's something so, – and then the fucking – the lay, the image oh, and yep. the Hawaiian shirt and the thumbs. Uh, there's just, when I, when I think of that, I think that was the time, that was one of the times that I felt that Australia was most united against him. Mm-hmm. I've, I've not in my lifetime thought so many, like so many people were like banding together yeah. in, in agreement with one idea. Yeah. And it's horrible that it was against him, but that was the only time I felt like we were moving away from conservatism. Yeah. Yeah. Conservatism. Yes. Is conservatism. I don't know. Yeah. I'm conservatism. 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 So sorry for that. Ad break. Um, (laughs) That's where we should have sponsored content. Brought to you by (laughs) Grammarly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't. God, fuck that guy so much. How dare you? How can you be so fucking stupid? Honestly. What is his team doing? We've Uh, said this so many times. I just really want to know whether his team is useless or he just doesn't listen to them. In order, like, just to recommend. If you are interested in waking up every day or and sort of like maybe crying or feeling extremely infuriated and just looking for one of those to start your day, go on to Scott Morrison, his Instagram. Go onto his Instagram. Go into the reels. <laughs> it's also on his grid. There is one – is it? Oh, there is one reel he's ever posted and it was for Are You Okay There this week. And I swear to God, if I have to see a grown ass white man reading off a fucking piece of paper. And he about- could just kept stumbling over the words even. And I was like, he couldn't say the word distress. I watched it seven times because I, I was so fucking Distru- angry. It almost made me cry. I was so angry. Oh God. I only watched it once partway through. Wouldn't do it. If you're just looking to like rile yourself up to like, <laughs> yes, watch that video. If your family is cold and you want to warm them with a fire <laughs> by bursting into flames, <laughs> go on to his reels. And they disable the comments. Yes, that I, I, that was that really got to me. Me too. Are you okay? That is a question, Scott Morrison. Are you okay? Sponsored by Grammarly. <laughs> that's a question. <laughs> but it's like that's the whole fucking point. Are you okay? Don't tell me though. I'm fucking turning off my comments. What yes. about the women's summit, Queen? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll read this out to you. Sorry for everyone making um, the, all the Catherine Murphy stuff, but this is fucking brilliant. And this is this really got to me as well. Uh, so the National Women's Safety Summit occurred on Monday and Tuesday of last week. Mm-hmm. Yep. So do you want to – I'll just pass that over. First of all, it was – 
happened on the back of the Liberal government voting down most of the recommendations in the Respect at Work report. 49 of 55. Yes. So they accepted six yeah. out of 55. So the, the report um, was commissioned, like the inquiry was done by um, Kate Jenkins, who's the commissioner of sex discrimination. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, essentially, when scott morrison met with britney higgins and like had a meeting after like he you know fucked it all up in april of this year he like one of the quotes that he said to britney was like your insight will be invaluable yeah. to this report like blah 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 the report sat on their desk for a while it took months. them ages to action it yeah right and they only actioned it when britney yeah which is confusing so why would he say that her insights would be invaluable if the report was already fucking done Question mark. Great question. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think there was also this idea that, like, Scott was like, reform needs to happen. Like, I understand it's fucked. Like, let's make change. Like, the ideas behind that conversation and what was happening at the time was like, let's give them hope. Yeah. Right? And then... Also, he said he would implement all 55. Yeah. Negatory. Oh, and, you know, um, the Assistant Minister for Women, Amanda something, Stoker. That's it. Was like, you know, we've implemented, like, either them physically or in spirit. What is that? What does in spirit mean? She is, uh, I mean, like we're comparing her to fucking, who's the, who's the minister? Um, Maurice Payne. Maurice Payne. They're both have some internalized misogyny to work on, in my opinion. This is brilliant. Okay. So Catherine's talking about what happened at um, the women's summit and she sort of started talking about like how the government sort of came to the table at the summit and was like, we're trying our best. Like, this is what the article sort of started with. Like, the leader saying they're trying their best just isn't it anymore. Yep. And she's saying, like, they sort of started with, like, there's some good ideas and it seemed like they were listening and it all seemed good. And then she says, but when the summit got choppy, when women used the microphones they had been given or spoke their truth without waiting for an invitation, the government's tolerance for introspection looked thin and irritation bubbled to the surface. Morrison counseled that more would be achieved if everyone could acknowledge everyone was trying to do our best. And the Minister for Women, Maurice Payne, was thin-lipped by the end of proceedings. Now, now I feel a bit sorry for Payne because some of the blokes who know best that she works with, even in the age of Britney, would have taken some persuading that women's safety needed a summit. Perhaps she was imagining the I told you so's, the, retribu the retributive post-summit huddle in the cabinet room. Women, who can please them, those ideals. Like, imagine being a liberal woman going back oh, to that God. shit. Yeah. But it's, like, so uncomfortable, I get it. But then goes on to say, like, they fucked it up, basically. Yeah, really bad. And I think that's, like, a really good point. Like, it must be tough. And, I mean, I'm not going to give Maurice Payne or Amanda Stoker an inch, really. But, like, besides saying, like, I, it must be fucked, even if you have the slightest idea of, like, female empowerment and feminism in your life, um, to be a liberal woman. I get it. But I just... I, I don't believe, I don't believe they fundamentally are interested in those things. No, me neither. And this is a, I've had this argument with a couple of people and in like just the thought of like women joining the Liberal Party. Um, and I just like, uh, I see, I understand what people are trying to say and being like, you know, it's hard. It must be hard to be a woman in the Liberal Party. Um, you know, possibly they're trying to make change from the inside, blah, blah, blah. I understand what you're trying to say but i 100 percent disagree with that and i just think that whole thing is such bullshit like 
I don't know. This is this is really cynical, but I don't know how a woman can enter the Liberal Party and think I'm going to make change from the inside. Yeah, that's a really good point. How could you think that's fucking possible? Like, what is? Are you delu? Like, you got to be delusional to think that. I think that their idea of what like making change from the inside looks like and what how far they can take it is skewed. Then, yeah, like I think that like what they're hoping for to get for women, they still probably don't understand what we're asking for. Like, I don't think yeah. you can go into it with like a clear idea and understanding of feminism. I just think that they're women who have been lucky enough and privileged enough to skate through life without being that held back by the fact that they're women. Yeah. Like they're all like white, privileged, upper class women. lawyers usually. Exactly. Yeah, the Julie Bishops of the world. Exactly. So, and you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not a lawyer obviously, but I, I know that being a, like a woman lawyer, it's probably not. No, it's not easy. easy. Um, but, you know, when you actually look into all of these women's backgrounds and their connections that they have, like, I'm pretty comfortable to say that their life has been kind of laid out for them already and they just had to follow the path that was given to them. And I just don't – and I have mixed feelings about Julia Banks um, and we talked about her in a previous episode. Um, and I, But I, I don't think she was cut out to be – I don't think she was in the same position as those women. No. And I think that, um, and again, like, again, don't, I don't agree with her politically, obviously, but I think that she possibly had a bit of a different idea of what the Liberal Party was when she started, because she was kind of on this whole, like, economic growth, aware about businesses kind of thing. But it just goes to show, like, she didn't last mm. because she didn't know what it was. How can you, how can you enter the Liberal Party and see what it is if you are, you know, in quotes, a woman trying to make change from the inside and stay, like, what the fuck is that? Mm. It's just, I just don't have any time for that argument. And I just think it's complete BS. I think that those women are just being, I guess, like partially, potentially being taken advantage of because they're like token token women in the Liberal Party so that um, squat can point to them whenever there's some kind of issue with women. Yeah. Um, but I just think that they are puppets for the Liberal Party, which I think is unfortunate for them. But I also think that they are contributing to the problem personally, like each of them personally are contributing to the problem. I think that's, I don't know, it's a bit harsh to say. I have even worse things to say about the men. Um, but, you know, if you're a woman, like women can still be agents for the patriarchy and those women are. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>